four turtles. Four brothers. Genetically reborn in the sewers of New York. Named after the great Renaissance masters. And trained as ninjas. Welcome to Now Playing's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Retrospective Series. Major League Butt Kicking is back in town. Starring our podcast hosts on the half shell, Jacob. He's lower than scum. He gives scum a bad name. Of course he does. That's why I hired him. Arnie. A nine-year-old trapped in a man's body. And Stuart. I'm being punished, aren't I? Join us at NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review. I guess it's time for a little uh, cultural exchange, if you know what I mean. This podcast will contain detailed plot spoilers and mild language. Righteous! Bossa Nova! Chevy Nova? Listener discretion is advised. It is time to seek our answers. And remember, go ninja, go ninja, go! <laughs> Today, we're discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, starring Megan Fox, Alan Richson, Jeremy Howard, Noel Fisher, Will Arnett, Johnny Knoxville, Tony Shaloub, and William Fickner, directed by Jonathan Liebesman. This is Arnie. You're now playing co-host who has the heart of a teenager, but still enjoys adult conversation. Stuart in LA. And this is your host in a half shell, brought to you by Skype. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was brought to you by Orange Crush, I think. Pizza Hut here. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with Windows 8. It was taking me back to the coming out of their shells tour. I haven't seen Pizza Hut promotions so blatant. <laughs> I was honestly surprised they pull out a fictitious 99 cheese pizza and not just the cheese stuff crush. Yeah, whatever the biggest thing is yeah. right now. 19 types of cheese. You don't want to even know what some of those cheeses are. I mean, those were made in a lab with your mutagen. <laughs> <laughs> but I mentioned the director, Jonathan Leavesman. We've reviewed him before, Stuart. Of course, yeah, because he's a Platinum Dudes guy. With the reboots of Texas Chainsaw, you know, Michael Bay's done a lot of reboots. Yeah, he got a guy that helped him do a prequel to Chainsaw the Beginning. Yes, and I'd seen him even before that with the Tooth Fairy movie Darkness Falls. Yeah. Let's just say I wasn't looking forward to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as much once I realized who was behind the screen. Well, come on. He's a workman. I mean, some directors, it doesn't matter who's directing them. It's a guy that's going to call action and let everyone know when it wraps. I mean, I'm not expecting to see a Jonathan Liebsman film. I'm expecting to see a Michael Bay film, quite frankly. This is Platinum Dunes. We've seen them reboot the hell out of a lot of horror franchises. I got to ask right up the bat, do you guys think this is right up his alley? I mean, is it another Transformers for him? Yeah, let's take another 80s toy property and 
do the Michael Bay thing to it. Yes, this very much feels like a Bay film. I totally disagree. This feels to me nothing like a Bay film. It feels to me just really generic. Bay films have a certain flavor, you know? What, a horny turtle who's getting hard in the shell? You don't expect that in a Bay film? There's a lot of baziness to the script, the plotting here. When you get to the plot summary, I think you're going to have to concede Michael Bay had something to do with this. Did Michael Bay make The Amazing Spider-Man? Because last time I checked, he didn't. So you can't blame all shitty scripts on Bay. Only the ones he directs. Well, no, (laughs) he just copied shitty scripts like The Amazing Spider-Man. I definitely had that in my notes. Well, again, we've had a lot of listener feedback. They want to know, even before we review the film, if it's worth seeing in 3D. I usually try to see movies multiple times before we review them. In this one, it was kind of forced upon me. I've seen the film one and a half times. (laughs) I bought tickets for the 3D showing, premiere night, Thursday evening. Go in, it's 2D. And I'm like, well, crap. I don't want to miss part of the movie trying to figure out what's going on. And so I just sit back and watch it in 2D, get a About halfway through the film, they just turn on the lights, turn off the projector. Some teenage girl comes in. Sorry, folks, we were playing the wrong one. You're all getting free popcorn and sodas, and we have to start over at the beginning. It turns out digital cinema does not have a fast forward button. The crowd was chanting, just get it back to where it was. We can't do that. We have to start at the beginning. Hmm. So I've seen the first half in 2D and then the whole thing in 3D. I had the opposite thing happen. I went to the theater with my three kids, of course. It turns out you don't have to pay admission if they're invisible. But I turned up at the time. I bought the tickets in advance that it said on the stub. But I walk in and I know I'm in trouble because turtles are sliding down a mountain. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't even look like the beginning. And indeed, they had started the movie an hour ago. And so I patiently waited outside for it to start again. But when they played the movie at the next showing, I'm wearing my 3D glasses. And I'm like, this 3D is terrible. And then I take it off and realize, oh, it's not even the 3D projection. (laughs) So I paid 3D, but I saw 2D. That's funny. When I had my 2D experience, I started with the glasses on. It was doing this weird strobe effect. I'm like, do I have broken glasses? I mean, I realized they're not electronic or anything, but I wondered what was up. And then I realized it was 2D. But I did have the first like five minutes of going, this should really look better. You know, and I did see this in 2D. I planned to see it in 2D, so I guess I'm the only one who got what I paid for. But I kind of wish I saw it in 3D now, not because I think it would have been amazing, but because the pandering for those 3D effects, throwing stuff in your face, just seems so blatant to me. It was distracting in 2D. It's like, okay, there's your 3D shot. There's your 3D shot. I should have just seen this in 3D. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking about every shot that's 3D. I might be paying attention to the film more. We'll talk about it. I couldn't imagine seeing Whoopi Goldberg in 3D coming at me. That would be too intense. I couldn't deal with it. I have to say, this is one of the better post-conversion jobs for 3D I've ever seen. And I think it's because they're aiming a little younger. I've been told repeatedly, today's 3D movies aren't like Friday the 13th 3D. They're not about sticking stuff in your face. They're about adding depth. And a lot of that gets lost. It's just muted background out of focus depth because they're shooting with a 2D camera. So it's blurry. Yeah, the depth they're going for is deeper into your pocket. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. But here, they weren't afraid to go gimmicky. There was stuff flying in my face. I haven't had this good of a 3D experience probably since... I won't say Avatar. It wasn't as good as Avatar. It was reminding (laughs) me of the last Spy Kids film. 
<laughs> you saw that in 3D in the theaters, did you? Back then, there weren't a lot of 3D movies. I went and saw a 3D game over just to see a 3D movie. <laughs> okay. Wasn't there a fourth one, though? We'll get there someday, I'm sure. You could bring the kids out. All the time in the world, 4D. Yeah, I've not seen that one. <laughs> although I haven't seen a 4D film, although a lot of them take a lot of my time. <laughs> but no, if you see Turtles, and we'll discuss if you should, but if you see Turtles, I think Jacob and I agree, see it in 3D. And I didn't even see it in 3D, but yes. Lots of stuff floating around in the front of the screen. Seems like the kids will like it. But this movie was shrouded in controversy. I can't say that I was eagerly expecting this, but even I knew months ago that people were outraged. Outraged! That Michael Bay had dared to change the origin story for these turtles. They were coming from space, and I think they weren't even going to be teenage or mutants. No, it was going to be called Ninja Turtles. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and you can see that in the font. I mean, when you look at the graphic, it's Ninja Turtles big... Teenage Mutant, up top, much smaller type. I'd heard they were going to be aliens. I'd heard they might not be teenagers, <laughs> you know? I don't know how much of this is just internet bullshit and how much of this is actual truth to script ideas or how much was just one writer going, what if we did? But no, in this movie, they are teenage, they are mutated, they are ninjas, and they are turtles. The origin story, completely new, completely different, well, for the Turtles, again, I've already said Spider-Man, and I'll say it a lot tonight. But for the Turtles, it's a new origin story. But it didn't do anything that, to me, looked like an absolute betrayal. I mean, and it, are aliens that much worse than Ooze? I mean, honestly, like, I'm up for whatever they want to do. I My investment in this series is very low. These are not my childhood heroes. If they want to do anything to them, I... I don't care. I just was hoping for an enjoyable movie. I also had really no expectations. Yeah, and you know, I, I loved the Turtles when I was a kid. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm willing to go. If it works, it works. If them being aliens works, it works. Is it a good story? Does it work from whatever point of view they tell it? I, I'm willing to go with it. They don't need to stick to the comic or to that 80s cartoon or to the uh, brought to you by Pizza Hut live show. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's something that could be entertaining for kids and kids at heart. So that's what I'm hoping. I hope they don't get so cool and, you know, hip that, that it becomes something that would embarrass my five-year-old. That's what I'm hoping. That they keep it age appropriate. I think this series needs to understand that it's for the wee ones primarily. It's PG-13. What? This yeah, movie, so... they did not go for the wee ones. And my audience was very few children. There were a lot of teens. Now, I went to AMC. I was given a mask. I, a lot of people were actually wearing Ninja Turtle masks there. Some teen girls, probably very early teens, like 13, came with Ninja Turtle, like, knit caps. And there were four of them, and each one was a different turtle. I mean, that's as close to cosplay as we got. I had one cosplayer. He had to be in his 30s or 40s, a dad. And he had his green T-shirt that had the turtle shell print on it. And he had his little kids with them, probably dragging them there he probably wanted to see it more than them isn't that the point here is that they're hoping to turn a new generation on to what we allegedly loved when we were kids and so yeah it, it should be that i'm hoping that that works pg-13 I, I did not know that i felt it I, I i don't know how you're you felt with your young ones watching this Stuart. we'll discuss it but definitely a pg-13 vibe well then let's discuss it let's get to that plot let's get to the movie new york city is plagued with crime 
It's been 13 years since Giuliani was mayor, and in that time, a criminal organization called The Foot, led by their ruthless leader, Shredder, has terrorized the city. Now, they have a master plot, and feel free to correct me if I get this one slightly <laughs> wrong. I can't! I'm waiting for this! It's, it's so stupid, what, what's there to correct? <laughs> if you mess it up, it's probably better than the plot they came up with. Okay, my understanding is, and I went high level, the foot wants to release a poison into New York City that can kill everyone, all 8 million people. Eventually poisoning the world, yes. Businessman Eric Sachs, played by William Fickner, was raised in Okinawa by Shredder after his father died in Vietnam. So Sachs's company will then step up with a cure, which he will, he says, sell for a fortune. To me, sounds like ransom to the government. Yeah. He's already really rich, but he says this will make him, quote, stupid rich. Yeah, someone that needs to go back and watch Austin Powers and, and find out how you make billions of dollars in this day and age, not being a terrorist. Yes, I think he could just sell a patent and become <laughs> that stupid rich with all he this He already planning. has a castle in the hills of New York. Yeah, I don't know how much more he needs. But in addition to being stupid rich, he's the lackey. His boss is Shredder, head of the foot. And Shredder... <laughs> 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 what do you say? Is he going to be instilled as ruler of New York? Like that's <laughs> that's what they imply that they will be gods, like ruling the dead people of New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the end, I think it matters in so much as Shredder wants to poison the city, and there's work on a cure because they've been trying to do this since the late 90s like i think this was their plan for the millennium new year's party <laughs> i was in times square for new year's i'm really glad it didn't happen this way because they built a spire at the top of eric Sachs's skyscraper to release the poison but there's a catch the poison's easy to make they had trouble finding a cure and they had a scientist performing genetic research for it. But when Dr. O'Neill got wind of Sack's true plot, he burned his notes and the office and the Foot Clan killed him. What the Foot missed was the scientist's young daughter, April O'Neill, grabbing her father's lab subjects. <laughs> Apparently, he took his daughter with him for the arson. Every day is bringing your daughter to work day at Saks Industries. And bring your pizza to work day. And your Bluetooth. They have Bluetooth video cameras 15 years ago. Was that Bluetooth or just a camcorder? <laughs> no, it said whenever they showed up brand. Sorry, corporate sponsors. I missed what brand it was. I don't know which one to buy now. But yes, they definitely had a Bluetooth function on there. Bluetooth was around in 99, but it was not common or functional, really. <laughs> you know what's not common? Testing on turtles. <laughs> You think there should be Teenage Mutant Ninja Rats? It would make more sense. That's what they usually study on. <laughs> that actually would work. Teenage Mutant Ninja Lab Rats. Teenage Mutant Ninja Lab Rats. How is what's going to happen to amphibians have any basis in reality to a human being? I mean, yeah, you're not even close. Go mammal to mammal. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> they do have a lab rat named Splinter. But April grabs the four turtles and the rat and releases them into the sewer <laughs> for a slightly delayed death, I guess. <laughs> you know, they flush that with toxic waste every night at midnight. <laughs> 
So for 15 years, Saks has tried to reproduce Dr. O'Neill's research to no avail. They just sit there with the spire and the poison waiting. <laughs> oh, to go back to the simplicity of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> I know, I want a magic wand that'll take me away. Meanwhile, underground, the turtles, Raphael, Donatello, Leonardo, and Michelangelo, plus the rat Splinter, mutate from the genetic modifications into anthropomorphized animals. They live in the sewer, out of the eye of the public, and to teach them discipline, Splinter teaches them the way of the ninja, which he learned from a book somebody had drawn <laughs> in the sewer. <laughs> the best part! Oh my god! I'll admit it's not as good as Jim Henson's puppet rat doing karate. <laughs> I was begging for a karate puppet rat at this point. At least make it like YouTube videos. No one reads books in this millennium. <laughs> That's why they threw him in the sewer. <laughs> Arnie, do you remember when you tried to learn breakdancing from a book? <laughs> It never works right. I believe it ended with a head injury. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be Ninja Masters by doing uh, ninjutsu for dummies. Yay, you laugh, but had I stuck with it the way they did, I wouldn't be on this silly podcast. I'd be out there <laughs> popping and locking to fame and fortune. You would. Yeah, you could have been in the latest Step Up film that I wanted to see instead of this. <laughs> yes, listeners, that was the competing retrospective. <laughs> Now, in present day, April O'Neil is played by Megan Fox and is a reporter for Channel 6 trying to investigate the foot. When the turtles come above ground against Splinter's order to fight the foot, April discovers them. Her claim of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gets her fired from Channel 6, so she goes to Sax, her father's former boss, asking for help. Sax realizes from this story that the cure for their... Poison lies in the blood of these turtles, so he and Shredder conspire to storm the sewers and capture the turtles. They succeed in getting three, but rebellious Raphael escapes. But with April's help, as well as April's cameraman Vernon Fenwick, played by Will Arnett, Raphael is able to rescue the other turtles. And reunited, they go to Saks Tower to stop Shredder from poisoning the city. A major battle ensues at the top of the skyscraper, with Shredder in a giant robotic suit he stole from the Wolverine. But the turtles save the day and escape into the sewer, while the cops arrest Shredder, and credits roll. So, Jacob Stewart, do you recommend? <laughs> I feel like in the plot summary alone, we have done our review. <laughs> oh, but there are so many more things to nitpick. Yeah, I agree. And praise. There's some positive things I'll say here. One thing that I won't praise the film, though, this movie, right away, if you're coming in for your Ernie Reyes Jr. fix... There is no Ernie Reyes Jr. here. Were people coming in for that? He tried. He went and pitched Platinum Dunes that he should be hired as a ninjutsu choreography consultant. He could have written the book that they found in the sewer. <laughs> but no Ernie Reyes. No, this is the comeback trail for Miss Transformers, Megan Fox. It's a four-year reunion. It's been four years since we've seen her in Jonah Hex. I don't think she worked at all in that time. But She had kids. I mean, it wasn't like she was unemployable. Wasn't it? She focused on her family life with rapper <laughs> Brian Austin Green. Oh, okay. And she was also in This is 40. I did see her in that. 
Okay. Well, I haven't seen her in a while. And, uh, yeah, this was a kiss and make up, right? Because Michael Bay, the only director to ever employ her, was given the order by Spielberg never to hire her again after she made some, like, comparative to Hitler. I don't know. We'll argue. We can argue if this is a kiss and make up. Uh, this may be further revenge putting her in this. Listen, I will say this. I went into this movie thinking, well, if nothing else, I'll get to look at Megan Fox's oiled, gleaming body again. But. They don't do that here. This is perhaps one of the few performances for Megan Fox where I don't expect a Carl's Jr. logo to (laughs) pop up at the bottom. I mean, in this one, she is midriff covered the whole time. They do make a couple of your sexy jokes, but there's not a lot of cleavage. And all right, I'm just going to put this out up front. I've seen a lot of Megan Fox films. I have seen all the Transformers films. I've seen Jennifer's Body, just for Jennifer's Body. Jonah Hex, this is 40. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has captured on digital Megan Fox's most fine performance to date. She might have spent some of this time not on screen in an acting class or something. She's not great. Do not take this. (laughs) I'm giving the most backhanded of compliments. (laughs) She's fine, and that's the best she's ever been. I don't know if I could even go there. Here's what confused me. She was in what? Two of the Transformer films. She's used to... Using finger quotes here, acting with things, objects that aren't really there, blue screen and that. I swear, she had no idea that, that there were shots where she's supposed to be watching these battles going on. It's just a blank face. Like, this person does not know how to act when there's nothing to react to, in my opinion. And it was embarrassing to watch just this blank face as there's supposed to be battles going on in front of her. Yeah, at one point, Mikey, like, grabs her tit and, like, says, I'll always be right here. I'm like, you'd be better off working at Hooters, Jim. I mean, this is degrading. And can I just say, since we're talking about the digital quality here, skin tones. Yee! This movie, for all of the people in this movie, they all look like they're drunks. They're like W.C. Field here with that ruddy face. And like, I saw every pimple and freckle. And I mean, the hair department, Megan Fox has like hair strands in her face the whole movie. Like the people here. Yeah, this is not flattering for anybody. Yeah, it looked like, I mean, just caked on makeup like they were trying to hide blemishes from her. This is the downside of HD. I don't know if we could blame her, but yeah, oil her up a bit. That helps get rid of this plastic-like look on everyone's face when they just cake makeup on them to try to cover every pore. In 2D and 3D, I didn't notice the uneven skin tones. I think this is a hyper-colorful movie. I mean, they really ramped up, like, the saturation here. It's kind of garish, but I didn't notice... Megan Fox particularly looking like she's suffering from leprosy. No, in 2D, it, it's actually quite distracting how high-def everyone's face is. Yeah, Will Arnett particularly is just freckle face. The only one I felt bad for was Whoopi, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what they could have done with that. <clears throat> yeah, they could have mo-capped her so that she looked like a skinnier Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> She looked like the Whoopi from Ghost and not the gremlin that she's become. I haven't watched The View since becoming employed over a decade ago, so I didn't realize what had happened to Whoopi. (laughs) Oh my god, it was a stunner. Yeah, Yeah. I had no idea. That was the biggest surprise for me going into this film. I didn't know we were getting Whoopi, and man, there's a lot of Whoopi. But, but there's not a lot of Whoopi. Volume-wise, there's a lot of Whoopi. Yeah, but why do you get Whoopi Goldberg for this thankless 30-second role? 
I had a Whoopi Goldberg rule, really, in the 90s. It was implemented after Ghost of, like, anything she did after Ghost, absolutely do not see. I mean, Sister Act came after Ghost, and that's a beloved film. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I never saw it. But yeah, my rule was don't see it, because when you do, oh my god, Bogus, The Associate, Theodore Rex, oh no, just the worst movies. Just She was known for just making the worst films, and yeah, I haven't seen her in movies quite some time. She's a funny comedian, I think she's a likable personality here. She's basically playing the mean boss to Megan Fox, because... What we're going to learn here is that April O'Neil doesn't get respect. They just treat her. They give her all the puff pieces. They put her on trampolines. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. Bird aerobics. <laughs> Birds aren't fat, so you can, you know, squawk like a bird on a trampoline. I mean, have you ever seen a penguin? Yeah. I was surprised Jacob didn't introduce himself as the sexy seagull of now playing. I was, that's why I didn't use the line. I was leaving it for you, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this is what Whoopi is having April do here. And April wants to prove herself. I, you know, I think that's a good role for Megan Fox. She's in a similar position. She wants to prove to everyone she's more than Michael Bay's product model in those Transformers movies. So, yeah, she's going to try to act a little bit more here. She's going to be the star. I, for the first 30 minutes of this movie, she's really the only character we're paying attention to here. Is she good? Is she bad? She is acceptable. That's about as kind as I can be. She works as as good as it's going to be. Yes, I agree completely. That's what I'm saying. Do not mistake this as saying Megan Fox is the next Meryl Streep. Just saying it's the best she's ever been, which is acceptable. She's not ruinous. Right. Yeah, I th- I think that's fair. The script she's been given is another thing. Now, what she is on to is that this Brooklyn doc has been having chemicals stolen by the Foot Clan, or it already did have them stolen, or they keep getting stolen. <laughs> Why, when she goes back to the dock, are they still trying to steal the chemicals? Hey, pick up your smartphone and Skype the dock foreman. Like, oh. All right. Another thing I'm just going to say up front, I believe that this underwent heavy rewriting in editing because they leave clues. Like she's asking the doc foreman, are you the only one who's bringing chemicals in? And he goes, well, there's another company, but they're not as big as us. I'm like, well, this is obviously they're sabotaging the shipping company and our bad guy is going to be in charge of number two shipping company. Never followed up on. The plot is incomprehensible. I mean, legitimately illiterate. It is completely nonsense babble. But let's try just a little here. They're stealing the poison that they're going to put in the tower? No, no. They're stealing the stuff to make the mutagen, the cure. They have the poison. They lost the cure when Dr. O'Neill burned the lab up. But why would they think that they would find it in some toxic chemicals? Well, I think they're buying the old chemicals that they need. I don't know why Sax just doesn't buy them because yeah. he's super rich. <laughs> exactly. He has a robotics company. And nobody's going to blink twice if this company who, first of all, I mean, this is one hell of an evil plan. He's described as the city's top benefactor. And he runs a security company slash research thing. I mean, when you have this type of company, nobody's going to blink if you start bringing in vats of cyanide. You can get whatever passes you need. The mayor, the governor, they'll all sign off on it. So why are they stealing? I don't understand the motivation of this Foot Clan. I honestly kind of hoped the motivation of the Foot Clan would be to corrupt youth. But here the Foot Clan are all like 30-year-olds with guns. 
Yeah, they're not even ninjas. I don't know. Again, PG-13, we're shooting guns. I guess we got to modernize it up, but I want to see ninjas. It's all about ninjas fighting. I don't know why they can't just be ninjas. Well, Eric Sachs, uh, we've already sort of revealed what I thought was obvious here. My five-year-old didn't know, but my seven- and (laughs) 12-year-old guessed instantly that when he's introduced as the benefactor that's going to be helping NYPD catch the foot, that he actually was the foot. I thought he was going to be Shredder. I had heard that going in. Yeah. What we eventually find out is that he is Shredder's adopted son because back when he was an army brat in the Vietnam era, his father was sent to war, died, and I guess they had one hell of a caseworker that sent him to work for (laughs) a scarred up evil Japanese warlord. Now, Shredder here, one of the two scenes that stand out in this film for me is the introduction of Shredder. He's tied up. He's on his knees, and he's having his minions attack them. Shredder, in this film, is more badass than I've ever seen him in four incarnations of a cartoon or TV series, in a music tour, and in movies. (laughs) I've never seen a Shredder so badass. He will hit your fist with his head and hurt you. I did like this scene. I don't know why they're going through this exercise. And I agree, this is the most badass Shredder until he puts on the actual Shredder suit. I like the suit. I, I like the whole thing. I mean, like is a, it's a loose term with me and turtles here, but as far as it, making this character come to life, this is easily the best shredder we've had. I completely disagree. I actually think he's worse than super shredder by the end of this, but this introductory scene, I love it. Maybe because Jacob, I'm with you. I go to see ninja turtles. I want to see some martial arts. One of the things I praised the first couple films about was some of their action. Here, this introductory scene of Shredder is the only single martial arts fight we ever get. All the rest is CGI hookery. Yeah. Here's my question, because we talked about Sax being the adopted son of Shredder. Now, I remember there was a scene in the trailer that I recall. I don't remember seeing it in this film, and it's Sax like... This It felt very Batman to me. This city needed heroes, so we decided to create them. I missed that, right? Or was that not in this film? It was not in this film. I paid close attention. And this is, again, something I think that they did in last-minute editing. I think Saks was supposed to be a good guy in an original draft somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Like, eventually, I'm like, once O'Neill goes to see Sax, I'm like, okay, he's the bad guy. But I'm like, wait, where's that speech? He helped create the Turtles. He knew what was going on. So it did throw me off at the beginning just because I had seen that trailer, which totally got cut. And I guess they re-edited this whole film to make it different. Ooh, I have a new theory. I have a brand new theory. I think they were afraid of getting sued by Columbia Pictures, but the original plan was to mutate the entire city into (laughs) some kind of creature that then Shredder could dominate. And these were the test subjects. Perhaps the heroes they were trying to make, they were trying to make the poison that could be released. They weren't trying to make a cure. They were trying to make a mutant thing. I definitely did feel Amazing Spider-Man by the end of this. I, I wouldn't be surprised. There are three credited screenwriters and probably umpteen more. How many of them did Amazing Spider-Man? None of the credited ones I, I that I looked at. I think you're a little overemphasizing the Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, there is a tower at the end disseminating a gas that is going to hurt the city. And yes, the origin of our heroes is tied into the villain's scientific experiments. And yes, there's a multi-million dollar corporation at the heart of it. I mean, it's more than just the final fight. It's throughout. 
Yeah, no, but it's not beat by beat. I actually think beat by beat, this is almost a remake of that first movie, that 1990 film, because I remember one of the first scenes in that original movie where she met Raphael was in a subway. They kind of restaged that here, that Shredder gave the order, use innocence to bait these vigilantes, make them come out of the dark. And so she and several other hundred people here in the New York subway system are taken hostage so that Karai can get a look at who's been giving them trouble. Yeah, I did think we were going to get a repeat of that 1990 film. Before that subway scene, April goes to the docks. It's getting robbed again. You think you'd up the security or something when it gets robbed night after night. And one turtle shows up, and we all know it's Raphael, because that's what he does. He goes out on his own. So I'm like, okay, here we go. He's the one that goes out by himself. He's the lone vigilante. This is what's going to cause issues with his brothers. I don't think it really turns out that way. I I don't think we get much characterization at all with the turtles. But at the beginning, I thought they were going to go there and kind of just repeat those beats. Yeah, you can't say this is beat by beat the first movie. I did see some parallels in the stories, but... If it's beat by beat, the first beat takes 30 minutes in this movie. We are a full half an hour into the movie when we get to the subway scene and we finally get to see the turtles on screen. This first entire half hour, a friend of ours, Jason, on Twitter put it best. It's TMNT Origins, April O'Neil. I mean, (laughs) it is no turtles in this turtle movie for over 30 minutes. That's a huge mistake. The first film got it right. We had turtles screaming cowabunga while the opening credits rolled. Here, I don't know if they're trying to tease us. I wondered if they were going Spielberg, E.T., try to just give us glimpses before the reveal. Or my actual guess is CGI characters take a lot per second of screen time, and they only budgeted for an hour of Turtles. But it sucks this first half hour to have a turtled movie with no Turtles. Well, they're building a mystery here. I mean, I don't feel like they've used the Turtles to promote this movie very much in general. Maybe they're a little embarrassed with how they turned out. When we do finally see them, it is a little alarming. They have erased the idea that it is cartoon cuteness. What we see here is kind of grotesque. Yeah, you know, I ended up not hating it as much as I thought. Again, I looked at some of the toys because they were very shy to show what these turtles look like in the trailers. I think, again, this is going back to Bay. When I think of Transformers, like they lost the simplicity of those robot designs and they're very overly complicated and you can't tell what's going on. I think that is the biggest flaw of these turtles. Like Donatello is wearing a Ghostbusters backpack and Mikey's got seashells and Raphael wears sunglasses at night for some reason. They're, They're just busy. As far as their faces go, fine. If you're going to go for this more mutant type look, yeah, we've lost the cuteness of the cartoon, but they're trying to pose this more, again, finger quotes, real world. What would these mutated turtles really look like? I don't know why they couldn't be like the cute cartoons, but I actually didn't end up hating them as much as I thought I would. It was just they're too busy, too much flair on them. I actually liked that flair. I thought it added a little bit of individuality that Leonardo had the New York Yankee sticker and it really helped individualize them. I think out of all the Turtles films we've seen thus far, this one does the best of making each turtle distinct. We've wondered in the past, is Donatello really that smart? Here, he's freaking Urkel. Yeah, he's got a hologram map of the city, but come on, Mikey. Did they need to make them like, I get it, they're teenagers. I don't know if I want to see horny turtles. Like, every line he says when April's around, like, I'm getting tight in the shell. I I groaned out loud when that line came out. 
I kind of laughed at Mikey. This is my favorite Mikey. I mean, Ugh. he's a little bit goofy. I kind of liked his, yeah, we'll find you kind of delivery. And, dude, my girlfriend's totally the Hogo Shah. I mean, I, I was chuckling. I mean, it, it's as amusing as the movie got. To me, this is all Bay. My five-year-old was crying. I mean, I don't think these things are cuddly. I think they are scary. I think there is something monstrous about them. And maybe that's what they were going for, the darkness. The 30-minute buildup, the visual darkness of this movie, I think they're going back to Batman again. I think that they're trying to do some kind of Dark Knight version of the Turtles, God forbid. But They make it a joke in this, but yeah, I, I do wonder if they were a little more serious about it than they try to let on. Yeah, it's a half joke. They're like, ha ha ha, I'll, Raphael uses the Batman voice, but truly, yeah, I do think that they're trying to tease the idea that they could be as sophisticated as Nolan here, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> not with Bay producing, you can't. Now, now, let's not just completely stereotype a film based upon its producer. No, let's stereotype it based on what we're seeing. I will say when they jump off the roof and we see that awesome shot of them sliding down the pike into their home and all, I was totally with this movie until they all get stuck at the end and Mikey farts. Uh fart jokes, the worst. I mean, pepperoni... Come on. Hold on. Your five-year-old had to be giggling finally. I mean, that's five-year-old humor. Yeah, it is. It's Michael Bay humor is my point. It's taking me back to those worst, most gregarious moments of Transformers. I admittedly groaned at that myself. I thought it was a bit much. But yes, when you're talking about them sliding down into the sewer, I said when we reviewed the animated film that a live-action version of what they did in that animated movie would be too expensive. But here, this is reminding me very much of Michelangelo doing that skateboarding thing right in, in a live-action version. Weta did the CGI on this. They were hired after Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think they brought their game. I think that the CGI here is fairly convincing throughout. I don't disagree, but I just want to caution. I didn't know it was PG-13, but I can understand that now. These turtles aren't cute. They're not cuddly like that. And even when they're making jokes, there is something kind of scary about them. I did think of that animated turtles when we get that scene where they're running away from April after saving everyone in the subway. It felt like they almost took that whole turtles flipping around the cityscape at the beginning and did a live-action CGI version of that. It's a great screensaver, you know? It is to Turtles yeah. what Spider-Man swinging through at the end of Spider-Man 2002 is to that hero. My problem with it, and this happens throughout the film, cool scene, we're being serious, action, punctuated with a joke. It's going to end that way, like, heartfelt speech, joke. Okay, we're going for kids, I guess, so that's why we can't take anything seriously. Everything has to end up with a crude comment or a fart or, or something like that. They're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yes, they've also been raised as ninjas. Like, they're supposed to be disciplined. I'm just saying they don't have to make 13-year-old jokes every time. I don't feel like when I saw that 1990s Turtles film, yes, there is juvenile humor. I don't feel juvenile humor was throughout that entire, like, every moment, every... You didn't see the film I did then. We see Raphael in the tub unconscious. They don't, like, throw out some joke to play that off. I don't know. I, I think you're on thin ice if you're trying to say that the 1990 movie was a more a sophisticated adult film than this. I think that they are comparable. No, I'm saying this has a lot more juvenile humor in there that I just... Maybe I'm not a juvenile, so I'm not finding it entertaining. Yeah. And I'm gonna split the difference between you guys. I think that it's appropriate to have humor in the 
Turtles movie. I don't think all the jokes were juvenile. I kind of liked some of the humor just to add levity because there's no danger in this movie. We've ripped these bad guys apart deservedly. They're horrible bad guys. So at least make me chuckle if I'm not going to be scared that the city is going to be poisoned. Yeah, anything you can do to soften these turtles, because they do come off so rough and thuggish, really. But, you know, it all changes when they go home, because I thought they were a little scary, and then we see Splinter, and my god, when he gets his tail going, and he tortures them for nine hours, I am scared of this rat. Again, I'm thinking Transformers 3, where we are taking our heroes, these beloved toys we grew up with, taking Optimus Prime, and he's like, nope, we're just going to murder all these bad guys now. Like, I'm sick of it. And now we get Splinter, the father figure, just abusing his children. I'm not even talking, okay, I get it. We're going to make them do discipline because they're ninjas and balance on a ball. But when he's just straight beating them with his tail... I don't want my kids seeing this thinking this is what a father does. I had the same reaction. But your kids won't have shells. You don't hit your kids whether they have shells or not, Artie. You don't hit your kids. (laughs) I didn't take it as abusive. Maybe I (laughs) misinterpreted it. I was weirded out by Splinter in this movie. Yeah. I said it had good CGI. I'll take a little of that back. Splinter never looked right. His tail move was cool. I really liked that he could use the tail as such an awesome weapon. But then he's voiced by Tony Shalhoub. I didn't see that coming. And at first I thought Tony Shalhoub was trying to do an Asian voice. But this isn't even an Asian rat. Yeah, no, there's not that whole backstory where his master was a rival of Shredder's. It's just he was a lab rat. Yeah, and and we're learning that backstory as they're being tortured for nine hours, literally. Like, (laughs) Raphael is, like, having the knits, and Donnie's doing ping pong, and it's an exercise. It's not torture. No, I like this scene. Again, I want to see if there's a punishment, something that goes back to their martial arts training. So having to balance and knit and stand on your head and juggle like that. I like that. And you know what? I do like when we get this flashback. I have always liked seeing the turtles when they're babies and when they're kids. I always thought they were cute. Yeah, I like the Hollaback Girl reference. Oh, that's where I just did my eye roll. Like maybe because I just don't like that song. Maybe if they had better musical taste. I like Hollaback Girl. I was surprised they could afford Hollaback Girl. But uh, maybe that Harajuku clothing line isn't doing so well for Gwen Stefani anymore. Okay, I gotta ask, are the turtles black? Because, I mean, they're certainly painting them here as they're coming out of hip-hop New York culture, which I think is African-American culture. And yet, when you look at the guys doing the mocap, they are all white, 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 white. I mean, Whoopi is the only black person in this cast. Are we back in Mudflap and Skids territory here? I don't see a racial identity to these turtles. You know, I I get what you're saying. If this was the 70s, sure, there was more of an African-American influence involved with the hip-hop culture. I think nowadays, you know, we just saw Gwen Stefani doing her type of rapping, a a white girl, and we got Eminem. I I just don't think there's those kind of lines anymore. Now it's all mixed. We all listen to all kinds of music. I I don't think there's a racial identity here. Yeah, they're just teenagers they're i'm not saying we're in a post-racial america i don't think that we're there yet but i think that it it's getting there for the millennials more and more and i don't think there's that kind of line it should be said they were sensitive with that and i think after that whole uproar with mudflap and skips i mean michelangelo i read he was gonna have a gold chain instead of the seashell surfer chain and they thought maybe that's getting a little too into racial stereotype territory so let's just again he's the surfer so let's go with the seashells 
So I think they were sensitive of that here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, and I think that's a, a cool thing to do. I mean, honestly, I think, yeah, embracing urban culture, making the turtles target that is, is fun. It's a cool idea. It gives them more of a personality than I think they had before. And something that's needed, given the fact that they don't have this whole history with Asian culture. They're going to learn all of their ninja moves from a book. As Arnie pointed out in the plot summary, this took my breath away that basically to distract them from B-Boy dancing and Gwen Stefani, Splinter in desperation found a book in the trash and said, okay, I'm going to learn ninjutsu and then I'll teach it to them so that they're not hip hop dancing. Like I said, I'd rather be watching Step Up than Turtles this past weekend you watch those hip-hop dancers. They got the talent. They got the moves. They got just the muscle structure that a martial artist have. They're doing a lot of the same stuff. I think Splinter's misguided here, especially going out of a book. My biggest problem with this book is that it's it's going to make Shredder look lousy. Like, we're going to be told he's super tough, but he's getting beat up by people who learn the same moves out of a book. And where did they get their weapons? I mean, they they have this handoff of where they, <laughs> they get a katana and all this. I'm like, did they get this at the same flea market? They went to Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, the flea market where they got the time-traveling lamp? I mean, what the hell? You would be surprised what people throw in the sewer in New York, you know? <laughs> I mean, alligators, katanas, <laughs> it's all down there. Right, but April, basically, at this point, she's dug th- up her old tape. She's realized that the turtles she saw in the roof were these ones that she freed so long ago, and, and Splinter has actually requested that she be brought to the sewer to protect her because she knows that being around Sax is dangerous for her. They call her a hogo shah, which to me does not sound like a compliment. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. She's a tr- trampoline hogo shah. <laughs> she has gone full Sam Wick Wiki at this point, you know, when he gets goes crazy with all the Transformer knowledge. She's got, her, yeah, her at work, the pictures and the lines, trying to connect everything, talking real fast, trying to explain it all to Whoopi Goldberg. And Abby Elliott. Poor Abby Elliott, a Saturday Night Live actress who I really liked, gets a thankless role as her roommate who wants to find a better place to live. Well, she did have to get another Skype reference in there. She's Skyping her mom. We needed more commercials. Basically, yeah, they needed people for April to talk to, and she has three. She has a roommate, she has Whoopi, and she has Vern, her driver of the news van, who is Will Arnett. He's the comedy wacky character here. A character straight from the cartoon that I don't know needed to be revived, but was. Unlike so many Spider-Man characters where we're like, yes, and in issue 182, he becomes this. I don't remember anything happening to Vern, and I checked a few wikis, and no, he's just a cameraman in the cartoon. He was kind of competitive with April. Here, he's crushing on April, but... Yeah, I, I thought he was going to don a hockey mask at some point. Maybe they were going to make him Casey Jones. I has the unfortunate job of having to keep telling us how crazy this all sounds. It's so crazy. Uh, you go out and look at any of the movies playing at the multiplex. Right now, this movie is competing with a raccoon in a tree from outer space. This concept <laughs> is hardly out of the box. I think that's one of the things that this new Turtles reboot is really struggling with, is that maybe back in 1990... This was a wild, wacky, alternative concept. Now, Turtles, that's boring. You need a lot more than Turtles here. There's not enough to this movie to give it any real pizzazz. I felt for sure, you may laugh, but that Eric Sachs was going to turn into Bebop or Rocksteady. I really did. There's one scene where he's talking to Shredder and showing him the suit. And for some reason, 
I don't know why the 3D animators did this. Maybe they don't like Fickner, but it felt like they really emphasized his nostrils. <laughs> and like his nostrils were poking off of his face in 3D. And I'm like, that looks like a pig snoot. Is he going to mutate into the pig? <laughs> I did read that they originally, again, in one of those many scripts that I'm sure are out there, we're going to be in here, but they decided to hold off for the sequel. I, yeah, I can't tell whether they're dialing back because they want to be a more Nolan realistic take or whether they didn't have enough money to create some of the outlandish supporting characters that we might want to see. But this movie needs to cut loose. It needs to have more fun here. I think that now that the Turtles have gotten to the movie, this needs to have a lot more going on i'm forgiving of its dawdling 30 minute opener but now we need some fighting and we do get it eventually april has been given a card by zax that is a homing device and he sends in the swat team to go claim the turtles and we do get a pretty cool shredder versus splinter fight it was cool for like five seconds when he like whipped his tail around because he's not abusing his kid so i liked it at that point yeah i agree much more comfortable him beating up a swiss army knife than children swiss army knife (laughs) literally a swiss army knife no no he's a robot chicken he's fighting turtles he's got these he does have the crest on his head yeah he's got a crest on his head and when he holds out what are supposed to be his shredder things they look like feathers like feathers i hadn't put that together but there is there is that quality good we need a robot chicken in this movie this movie needs some craziness it needs to be outrageous it needs to be as wacky as Vern insists it is but i wish at this point they played it up for as crazy as it was like i wish shredder realized how dumb he looked at this point, because it, it is crazy, and, but you're asking me to take this seriously, I think? Yeah, I'm really, really upset. Even worse than Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, this film is horrible about martial arts. The reason they didn't get Ernie Reyes Jr. is because they didn't give a crap about martial arts choreography. I saw this fight, and the Splinter versus Shredder thing... First of all, okay, I like the tail again, but I hate Shredder. I thought that suit should have been saved for the final battle. We needed to see that badass from the dojo who was hitting people with his head and hitting their fists with his head and winning and snapping their bones with his neck. I mean, this CGI chicken really just no good. It's repeating the beats like you said of the first one, because here's the scene where they storm the sewer, and I thought they were going to take Splinter hostage, and the Turtles had to rescue him. They went the other way. Yeah, why didn't they do that? Yes, thank you, Stuart. Shredder is holding Splinter at one point. Like, they got three Turtles? Great, let's take Splinter too. They want the mutagen out of their blood. They want blood, right? Splinter's got the mutagen. Take them all. They're all mutants. They all have the blood. They leave that rat laying there, presumed dead. They don't dig Raphael out. They assume that he died in rubble collapse. I'm like, every corpse has your mutagen in it. I mean, that's what you want. Dead or alive, it's useful to you. Here's my problem with the fighting, though. Did we see Raphael get buried in rubble? I literally received three turtles at one point. I'm like, wait, where's Raph? I couldn't follow any of it. I didn't know where he disappeared to. I don't know if you're shown him disappearing. I didn't notice. It was really quick, but I also, when they said he's dead, I, I didn't realize that was supposed to be a monumentous moment. We should have thought he was dead. If we were supposed to, I don't think it played that way. No, it definitely doesn't. It, it just, they needed to have someone go rescue Leo, Mike, and Donnie because they get tased, they get taken away, and basically it's for 
the two humans and Raphael to go rescue them. Question, what's the geography going on around here? Like a 20-minute helicopter flight away, you're in the mountains where there's snow and castles. Is, is there a place like that in New York? I'm calling bullshit on this. I mean, <laughs> because you can see Manhattan from his mansion. I just, no, they're, 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 this is not feasible. I think there are mountains you could drive to. You couldn't see Manhattan. You couldn't snowboard down a mountain and end up in Times Square. That is bullshit. Yeah, I agree. This scene does provide the funniest laugh out loud point for me. The three turtles are hooked up to these machines and Sax is like, drain all their blood, even if it kills them. <laughs> was, there a, was there a risk that they were going to live if you drain all their blood? Like, I did laugh out loud. Then. That was a hilarious bad line. Yeah, even if it kills them. As if it, how couldn't it kill them? Yes. <laughs> I took that just as a line to drive home for your five-year-old, Stuart, that they're going to die. Yeah, she's hating this, by the way. She's very, she's upset, she's crying, and she wants to go. Her parents need to look at ratings a little better. They need to realize they're taking her to PG-13. <laughs> Seven and 12-year-old and are enjoying it, though. I do feel like, as much as we're grousing about plot, these are not concerns for them. They want to see the fighting, and they've enjoyed the fights that they're getting. They really did enjoy the breakout scene, because what we get, it, it's really more the, the second half of it, but what we get here is a lot of action with uh, Will Arnett driving them into the mansion and a battle with Shredder again, and a slide down the mountain. Shredder, the worst ninja. Now he's fighting a student of someone who learned ninjutsu out of a book. Still can't totally kill him. Like, I don't understand why he's not killing anyone. I get it. Okay, kid's cartoon, you don't kill the heroes, but it's not even like you're putting him in a life-endangering situation where the evil villain just walks away before he sees him die. It's just like, oh, I kicked the crap out of him long enough, just gonna leave now. And... Also, though, I will give this movie a little bit of credit. I thought the adrenaline scene was funny when they're to it. Oh, Arnie, you cannot say that. I don't know. Uh, Stuart, maybe your kids enjoyed this. Again, groaning. No, and I think that's a terrible idea. If someone has been depleted of blood, why don't you give them some blood? Yes, I think thank that will make them feel better than <laughs> adrenaline. Yes. I'm like, just reverse the machine. Give them their blood back. <laughs> yeah, none of this really makes sense. What they want to do is set it up so that Sax can leave having the mutagen that he needs. Uh, honestly, this time frame is all out of whack. I would want to have explicit tests to make sure that yes. the <laughs> cure to the poison really works for me. I'd want to administer it to myself before I'm hitting the button on the tower to release the gas. Yes, they don't even have the stuff ready. They're like, okay, Shredder, go release the gas <laughs> while I prepare the cure. Yeah, I really think that that is putting cart way above the horse. <laughs> I, I agree with that. What happens to Sax after the scene, though? I really don't quite follow Sax. Everything becomes the chase down the mountain and following Shredder. Sax is kind of out of the last act. He left. He went to the, he got on a helicopter and already left. He's left Karai and I thought Shredder in charge of killing the turtles and draining the turtles. Shredder disappears too. And Karai is the one driving the foot soldiers down the mountain. We get this whole chase scene. I guess, you know, I like action films. I can't go with this action. What? It, there's no stakes here. It's all so CGI. I, I, I don't feel that there's ever any danger here. I thought some of this sliding was fun. I mean, when they go underneath cars and... Yeah, when they're sliding around, but this truck flipping over, I just disengaged. I needed an adrenaline shot to get into it. I thought it looked gorgeous. 
I wasn't adrenalized, but I thought it looked really inventive. Some of the camera moves they did. I chuckled a bit when Will Arnett's like, get back in, and then realizes he's got a good shot of Megan Fox's ass. He's like, nah, nah, stay out there for a while. It was okay. I can't say that I was totally into it, though. I wish I had been. I'm taking it where I can get it. I can't believe out of the three of us, I'm the one that's complimenting the scene the most, but I think it's the best one in the movie. I'm just bored at this point. If your kids need a refill on the popcorn or soda, let me go get it for you. (laughs) I wouldn't say I was that out of it. I thought it was pretty looking. I had wondered, you know, being in Manhattan, where I'd see that scene from the trailer with the snow-capped mountain. Here it is. It was good enough. They just felt like they were fighting gravity more than they were fighting the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan is a terrible terrible villain here and i'd almost prefer them to bring back lord norinaga to this foot clan again they, they this foot stinks yeah they just keep shooting these tasers that don't seem to do a whole lot i mean i guess leo eventually passes out but again feels like there's no real danger shoot your guns you have guns why don't you shoot the turtles and they made that point again i i'm shocked that this is pg-13 because these guns are shooting tranquilizer darts they're not shooting bullets And yeah, they're firing tasers. No one can die from any of these injuries being inflicted by the foot. And I thought that that was the result of a PG-rated movie. And the turtles are bulletproof. And I did look this up. This is the first time we've ever had bulletproof turtles. So once they're bulletproof, I'm like, what is the danger to them ever? Whenever someone has a bulletproof jacket or something, just shoot them in the head. No, that's not bulletproof. Their skin's not bulletproof. It's just their shell. And they do have the shell in the front. There's a scene where Raph, like, hulks out and, like, the bullets pop out of his chest. But that is supposed to be a shell. I mean, a turtle's, that shell is on the bottom and the top. Thank you. I didn't realize that was shell. I thought that was soft underbelly. So, okay, only the shell is bulletproof. Okay, that I can go with. But it's it's so weird. At one point, you know, I I think it's Will Arnett's character and April and one of the turtles, they go off this cliff and one of the turtles is like, oh no, they're dead. And like Raph just comes sliding up. Nope, they're still alive. He hasn't seen them. How does he know? Like that just, you're just going to kill all the anticipation for me. I know they're really alive, but for your kids, like, no, they're really alive, kids. They didn't die. Like, just show us. How did they get to the skyscraper in time? That's what I don't understand. They slid down the sewers from the mountains. What? Donnie's like, oh, yeah, there's a sewer here, and we're just going to slide down it, Goonie style, until we reach the building and show up in the basement. With Megan Fox and Will Arnett? Yes, yes, that is how they get there. They just slide wow. through the sewers. Okay, yeah, I got really confused. I, like, blinked or something, and suddenly they were at the skyscraper. I'm like, yeah, I don't... talk about baziness. There you go. It's yeah. Just, we'll slide down the sewer and be there magically. Yeah, we get a cute little scene of them beatboxing in an elevator. I love that scene of them beatboxing in the elevator. This is my second favorite moment of this movie i think we needed more of this i mean it starts with mikey and of course it starts with mikey right and he's like mc mikey and then who's the second one to get in on it raf yeah raf who's been such a tight ass this whole movie i needed more of this kind of fun agreed I think this moment would have been earned. I mean, they do drop a comment like that they were working on a rap album earlier. They were working on a Christmas album, which they actually put out in 1994. Okay, so it was an inside joke there. Yes. What are the character arcs in this film? Are there character arcs? Like, Raph is going around at the beginning, alone vigilante, spray-painting family in some kind of kanji. I'm not sure he was alone there. I thought I saw other turtles. Well, that's the thing. I don't get any character arc here. I think, okay, we're going to redo the Raph thing. Nope. That, you know, him and Leo trade words a couple of times, but 
I don't feel like there's any character arc in this film. It's just turtles and the jokes they can make. The humans are have closer arcs than the turtles. I'm not even sure the humans have arcs. Yeah, but kind of, maybe. Yeah. Maybe April has one. April is trying to find legitimacy, and in the end, she doesn't report the story doesn't, and it I, doesn't find legitimacy does, does she get her job back i don't even know i didn't get that she got her job back but. <laughs> you're right there are no arcs here they are basically a, a series of action moments which for children's entertainment is all that's really needed here i mean i'll just put it out there i don't think you can hold this movie to the standards that we would most other movies because they're aiming so low no 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 i can't hold this to the standards of Turtles 3, where, like, Mikey <laughs> fell in love with a girl and had to struggle with going back to his own time. Like, when you can't stand up to Turtles 3 as far as a character arc goes, ugh, we're in trouble. <laughs> hey, I recommended that one. It's looking better and better. <laughs> I'll agree there. I think the end fight in 3 is better than the end fight here. Now, Jacob, what you said about the slide down the mountain, that's exactly what I feel about this end fight on the skyscraper against Shredder. Seriously, when the movie stopped halfway through, the entire crowd was asking for a fast-forward button on the digital projector. I was asking for one during this final <laughs> fight. I know how it's ending. I don't give a crap. I, I will say, we haven't called this out, but Splinter, he's homesick. The turtles need to get the mutagen to heal Splinter, even though he has mutagen in his blood already. They could do a blood transplant if he needs more mutagen. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I guess we want to make this so kids can understand it. But I do like the fact that the turtles, they fight together. I was complaining about that in the 90s film. I guess they've rectified that, and the turtles team up to defeat Shredder, kind of. I think April ends up beating him in the end. Donnie has a little moment here. He gets to do a little of his computer stuff. I did kind of laugh that he had trouble with a 15-year-old code. Yeah, Artie, I wanted to ask you about that i i would think that would be easier to understand than modern code well if you've never worked with a system it's hard to use but if i can get uber geeky like donatello urkel geeky at <laughs> yes, the moment please do please do that system was about 15 years old. By 1999, command line interfaces were pretty much on the way out. Let's remember Windows 95, people. This was four years after that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's plausible that Donnie would have problems with it. Unix is tricky, yo. Okay. <laughs> Although I would hope he knows Unix if he's as big an Urkel as he seems. You know, one moment that does fall flat with this fight, as they're about to attack Shredder, Raph tells Mike, he's like, you've been holding it in. I haven't let you say it since, you know, for years. Let it out. And he says cowabunga, but it's like real flat. Like, I wanted to cowabunga. Like, it, it was just like such a downplayed moment. I didn't know we were waiting for a cowabunga throughout this whole film. Again, you could have set that up earlier. I agree it needed to be set up, but I did like the build up to it so that by the time he said it, I was happy to hear it said, not paying too much attention to the flatness of the delivery. He said that he had been saving one in the tank. I thought he was going to fart again. Yeah, so did I. So did I. <laughs> but I guess what we're supposed to be seeing here is that the turtles are finally being allowed to be themselves. Big mistake. They should have let them be themselves from the get go. Why was anyone holding them back? Why were they embarrassed to be making this movie if they were going to make this movie? The screenwriters clearly didn't want them to be the kitty turtles. But come on, you can't make a adult turtles. Again, it's PG-13. They certainly tried. I think the Cowabunga is an in-joke. Like, later on, they show up with a turtle van that I might have owned when I was, like, 15. And its horn, when they play it, is the old cartoon theme song. So I think it's all just an in-joke for 
us middle-aged Turtles fans versus trying to attract the kids. But I guess Shredder here figures that if the gas has already been made, all he needs to do is knock over the tower. So we have more CGI dangling with April. Is that what he was trying to do? I guess so. I mean, as as long as there's a puncture to that tank, it's going to disseminate the gas. That's what I imagine here. That's why... (laughs) Then why did they need to build the spire? They could have just dropped it off the building. The Spire. I mean, that's what doesn't make any sense. Sachs is saying that he can make money by charging for the cure, but he'll be putting all of that money in the class action lawsuit when people (laughs) sue him for disseminating the poison that had his name literally on it. I mean, everyone will see where this poison came from. I, yeah, okay, the plot. Everyone who will see is dead. No, no, I don't think that stuff kills you. The guy got bumps on him and he was gasping. I think the point of the cure is that you could get better from that. No, they said they're going to kill all of New York with it. Really? Yeah, I think he was starting to die. Huh. Wow, that's really dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw you, Amazing Spider-Man and your lizard people. We're just going to kill New York. Yikes. Yeah, well, then what's the point of a mutagen at that point? A mutagen can't bring corpses back. No, because it was going to spread over the entire world, and so they were going to cure it for the rest of the world once they saw New York die of it. And then they were going to become gods and rule New York. (laughs) Like, Shredder's plan was to rule the dead. Okay, this is awful. All right, can we just (laughs) wrap it up here? The the tower falls, some turtles make some more jokes about licking Pop-Tarts and not understanding Lost, and they make it fine. Shredder's... Hurt. Did Raphael's big thing about, because he'd been belligerent again, I actually chuckled when Michelangelo was like, it's been 30 whole minutes since we've heard this argument. I'm like, or two weeks, but yeah, about the same. And at the end, he's like, I've only been that way because I don't feel good enough to hang with you guys. Did that work for you? Because I don't feel the Turtles got enough time to really develop the Raphael angst in this movie no again no character arc they're saying things because remember that 1990 film you all liked where Raphael had a lot of angst he's apologizing for that yeah i agree if you haven't seen previous turtle movies you won't know these dynamics you would not know that Raphael and leo fight you would not know that Raphael is the the loner you might know that Donnie is the smart one because he's got the goggles on, but individually, although you might be able to individually tell them apart better than in previous movies, you won't know their characters. No, I disagree. I feel that it's very clear that Mikey's the goofy one, Donatello's the nerd, Raphael, I got his angst in this movie. I got it because he says multiple times how he's leaving the group, how he's done with the group. I think it comes through here. It's certainly better if you have seen the other movies, but I don't think it's required to understand that. Leo, we're told he's a leader. Again, yes. Leo gets the short shrift for a change. Yeah, the problem is, though, they don't do anything with those types. It's just like, hey, you're a science nerd. Well, what, what's your arc? What, what's, what are you going to learn about being the good or bad of being a science nerd? He stopped the countdown. That was what the smart guy could do. That's not an arc. He just used his smarts, though. That's not a character arc. He didn't learn anything from that. I I think your standards for this movie are exceptionally high. I'm just trying to see if there's any lesson to be found. There is the lesson. What's the lesson? Hey, kids, stop gas, poisonous gas from spreading over New York. Is that a lesson kids need? The lesson is that they work better together than individually. It's not until we never saw them fail individually. We did. We saw that in the sewer. But 
they weren't able to defeat Shredder time and time again. Only when they play their little game of hopscotch on the shell and team up together and use their powers together are they able to defeat. It's all about how they need to come together as a family again. That is not a plot in this film. It yes, is. They, it's no, there. There, there's some graffiti that means family. Th- that's not a plot. I never feel like these turtles. I mean, they get punished together. They sneak out together, except that one time with Raph. I don't ever feel like they are on the verge of breaking up like in some of the other films. I felt like Raph was going to leave. I feel like Splinter gets the closest to finding a lesson here. They go back with the mutagen. How did they get the mutagen? We see Shredder fall. He's holding it. He takes a little dab on his finger to save for the next film. How did they get the rest of that? No, it was seeping out of a broken vial. I don't know. Maybe it dripped onto the rat. He was still down in the sewer. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he basically recants saying that, I'm sorry I tortured you. Um, I should have let you be a teen, believe in each other. I mean, it was floundering in the dark. Please find something to grab onto to insist that this movie is about. Okay, believe in yourself. Work together as a team. I guess that's what Turtles 2014 is telling us. Get a pimped out station wagon. Blow up Fenwick's uh, Express. <laughs> that I was a little confused by. That was going more toyetic than I expected this movie to go after watching the other hundred minutes. I checked out the toy aisle. I didn't see a Turtles van. I think they had one back in the day. They did have one back in the day. They didn't make a new one, though, because of this film. I also think that there should be more than one button to push to fire a giant rocket. I mean, he's lucky it only exploded a car. I may be taking this movie too seriously. And April, are we to want her to get together with Mikey if her other alternative is Vern? (laughs) He's a teenager. Forget that he's a different species. He's also a teenager. She's a adult woman. I was thinking a lot of Howard the Duck and Stuart's bestiality reaction. And I think Megan Fox played it in such a way that she found it adorable that he would be infatuated with her. But she has no return interest in the teenage turtle. Whereas maybe with Vern, possibly. Yeah, it doesn't stop Mikey from trying. He serenades her with Happy Together, made by Ba-dum. the turtle. Yeah, uh-huh. That's as smart as it gets, folks. <laughs> but because we don't want some 60s song to close out the credits, we got to play some hip-hop shell-shocked thing, which they had in the last movie. Yeah, I was surprised that they used the same term, but I actually enjoyed the hip-hop song. I was kind of I was the first of us to see this being a couple time zones ahead, and so I stayed for the whole credits, and I was kind of boogieing. I didn't understand the booby joke. I mean, I get the booby joke, and I like Victoria's Secret ads as much as the next gentleman, but I didn't know why the turtles had to hide on boobies during the end credits. It made no sense. It felt like a cutscene. Somebody's like, that joke of hiding on tits is too genius to lose. <laughs> That's someone being Michael Bay, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You said it. I didn't have to say it this time. <laughs> I, I've put my fair share of jokes that I didn't want to lose that didn't make sense for the story in our end credits. But that's what that felt like to me is like something they didn't want to cut, but that it had no place in the final edit. I, I'm trying to figure out where that would have even happened in the movie, though. I think that they're out on the streets now with uh, Splinter's permission, and they just don't want to be seen. They're still expected to be ninjas, so they're hiding in plain sight. And they will be back. I've heard that due to the Bafo opening weekend, they've greenlit the sequel. We're not done with this iteration of Turtles at all. No, absolutely not. Whether or not we green-arrowed this movie, it 
blew away box office expectations. Were there expectations at all? <laughs> that that seems pretty easy. They were hoping for forty million, which is a lot of money. Let's not discount yes. forty no, it million. Is. I would like forty million. They thought that on a good day they'd get forty million. They got sixty-five. They're definitely absolutely going to be getting another one. I mean, this one only was budgeted at 125. This thing's going to end up making greenbacks and they'll be back. I bet it'll take three years unless they rush it, but they weren't planning a sequel. This is not one where the sequel's already underway. This is, you mean we made 65 million? Crank it out. I don't think it'll take too long to come up with a script of this caliber again. It could be out next week, quite frankly. <laughs> Yes, they have the Amazing Spider-Man 2 to rip off. April O'Neil dies at the end. <laughs> really? Green light! So, Jacob Stewart, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hellacious or hell-inducing? Jacob. Both of those have hell in it, and so I, I guess I agree with them. That, look, even kids' films got to have standards, and this is a PG-13 one. I, I feel like... They wanted to try to tap into some of that nostalgia that people like myself would have for that 1990s film. I still, I, even after seeing this one, I'm going to still say that is the best one. This, none of these plots have been groundbreaking. I did not recommend Turtles 3 because that plot, I didn't want my kids being raised to think that kind of plot was okay. And this one is maybe just as bad, maybe the same. It's hard to tell because it doesn't have something as silly as a magic wand in it that makes you travel back in time. But for me, if I have teenage kids, I'm not a prude, but you know, Mikey and all the sex jokes really put me off. It's like, hey, you like a girl? You think she's cute? Keep harassing her. It's funny. Ha ha. I don't like that tendency. I get it. They're teenagers, but I don't think this is like kids or, or spring breakers where we're trying to go for like this gritty look at teenage kids. This is a Turtles film and bad plot. No character arcs for me. Again, this is cartoon writing, but there's no fun in it. At the end of the day, I didn't have fun here. I could probably those other films with the silly suits and, and all that. I think I could go with those more because there is some fun in them. I just didn't have a lot of fun in this one. It, the, the action didn't quite work. I thought some of the characters, like the abusive father that Splinter is, just put me off. There's not a whole lot here. I, again, if you have low standards for your kids, it's fine, fair, but I'm not going to recommend it. Stuart. Yeah, the surprise is that really the cartoonishness and the cutiness is gone here. By going with a darker interpretation, uh, they really have alienated the five-year-old and even the seven-year-old. I mean, I, I think that you want to be cautious about taking really young kids to this. I, I think the older kids did enjoy this pretty much, but I don't think it means anything to them. I don't think that this movie did anything special. Keep in mind, when that first Turtles movie came out in 1990, there wasn't anything else out there like it other than Batman. Well, now every week there's a movie exactly like this coming out in theaters. There's nothing special about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now. The, the concept is not outrageous. The characters are familiar. And I just don't think that this has any lasting power. I don't think it will stay with your kids. They, they might watch it. They might enjoy it. But they won't ask to see it again and they won't remember it next week. I think that it's disappointingly 
mundane, truly. I mean, the script is awful. From an adult standpoint, you'll tear your hair out trying to follow it. It's just absolute garbage. It's absolutely what I would expect from the Michael Bay factory. But even for kids, yeah, I would say that, yeah, definitely older tween era might enjoy it, but everyone else should stay away. But I was convinced. There was a lesson that I did take away. I took to heart, and that is... That is a really good idea if your children have decided that they want to fight crime to go let them play in the sewer. I did. I After the showing, I said, goodbye, kids. I opened up the grate and I shoved them down and they are now gone. They have – we've worked out a system. Three flushes means they come back and help me watch Big Hero 6. Four flushes means they've actually remade Howard the Duck. And so we're going to, they may make an appearance again. We've got that signal, but I, the kids are gone. The kids have gone to the sewer and I, I feel good about it. They're helping the world. And his two flushes just daddy ate Taco Bell last night. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell. <laughs> Pizza Hut. I'm surprisingly in agreement with you, Stuart, after so many of these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where I haven't seen eye to eye with you on this one. It's amazing. I've had fun just ripping it apart for all of its idiocies. But I also tried to praise it where I could. Megan Fox's best acting to date. Convincing CGI. That is a wilted rose. Low standard. (laughs) I was almost going to say it was projected on the screen, but it didn't even quite do that for you, Artie. They had to do two tries. I got a free mask and a $2 off coupon for the (laughs) Blu-ray. Oh, God. They gave me coupons for the Blu-ray when I went into the movie. That whole video window's getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> but I'm surprised, even though I've spent the past hour plus making fun of this movie's numerous flaws, how little I actually care about this movie. And how now, just a couple days later, I'm like struggling to keep that flavor in my mouth. I remember all of it, but yeah, but uh, a sequel... I'm not opposed to a sequel. I'm not jonesing for a sequel. It is just a movie that I am completely blank on. And, I mean, what is that? That's not a not recommend. It's a complete neutrality for me. It's, if you want a movie with turtles doing Cowabunga stuff, here you go. And it's certainly one of the best in the Turtles movie franchise. I mean, out of all the five movies we've reviewed, it's... Heads, tails, and shells above parts two and three. Disagree. Yeah, maybe two, three. It's an awful film, but it's fun, at least. Or there are fun moments. And there's fun moments here, I Mm. thought. The Hollaback Girl, Mikey's little dance during Hollaback Girl, the elevator moment. My problem is there's too little fun. There's too little turtles. And I'm really torn because I don't feel this is a movie that deserves three red arrows next to it. I just don't think it's that bad of a movie. But I also can't bring myself to give it a green arrow. So it's it's going to have three red arrows. Yeah, I, that's appropriate. <laughs> Apathy is a red arrow. I mean, it happened to me last week with Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a movie that I had no feeling for. That means that I can't recommend it, right? I mean, I think you've made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just in the end, if this had one thing going for it, you know, if this had one performance that really stood out or one character that like i'd be like that one i'll get a bobblehead and put on my desk if this had anything that i could have connected with i probably would have gone green arrow but as it is it's like i just have no feeling about this movie whatsoever but again i'm i know there's gonna be a sequel i'm not dreading it 
Uh, not at all. I'm hoping they can do something better. My fear is that we saw in this movie kind of an echo of part one. Because of your imaginary five-year-old, Stuart, I have a feeling that next time, two to three years from now, we'll see an echo of part two, a PG movie that tries to placate the Nickelodeon set a little bit more and not a PG-13 movie that tries to be the dark shell. So if we're looking at this series, I guess my ranking is one- TMNT remake three two. Do I even have to rank them? They're all bad. I feel like this series is made for undiscriminating children, and as such, the most kiddie ones were the ones that I could give the biggest endorsement to, which were three and two, I guess would put it ahead. But I know that just means that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to turtles, because I think their real appeal lies in their toys and their cartoons. I'm willing to bet that the love that people have for it is based on that cartoon series. And then, and none of these movies, I'm sorry, but these movies, they're lousy. I ranking them, uh, three, two, one, this new movie. And then TMNT. Wow. You think the animated is the worst? Yeah, I think so. Okay, for for me, I still that first one is the only one that's I think works on kind of an adult level, or at least seeing as an adult, I don't think it's tortuous. Like second ranking for me is the animated one, and I still don't think that one's great, but it kind of works as a distraction while you're watching the kids. Uh, then I go with three. I don't know, is this new one worse than two? I two man. I guess I'll I'll give this one the benefit of the doubt and then go two. <laughs> Shredder at least wondering if he would commit suicide. This movie had no Ernie Reyes Jr. I don't know. I, that, I, Vanilla Ice. How can you hate on two? Uh, the, you've convinced me. This is the worst one, then. I'll give okay. two better yeah. than this one. Vanilla Ice much better than Gwen Stefani. Y- yes, Vanilla Ice puts it above the, this one for me. And I think Shell Shock's better than Ninja Rap. It's not as nostalgic as Ninja Rap. And that's coming from Ice Ice Arnie. <laughs> I know. I know. I found those photos. No, I will not release them. <laughs> For, unless what, we said a million dollars, didn't we? Yeah, yes, man. yes. Yeah. But th- will that be enough to make me crazy rich now? I think this movie's raised my expectation to crazy rich levels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't want to be a billionaire. I want to rule dead New York. <laughs> Just don't release the poison until you give me the mutagen. That's all I ask. I think he released the poison. He made you watch all these. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing worse that you could do to me, really. Well, is there nothing worse? <laughs> what do we got coming up? Yeah, funny you should ask, but uh, we are got a bale full of corn to be harvested. Nine. Yes, nine weeks of Children of the Corn. Yeah, we were going to take a break, but then they moved stuff already around us, so we're doing it all in one big lump. We're going to get through this, folks. Okay, just hold hands, <laughs> stick with it. There'll be some laughs. There won't be any good movies, but there'll be some laughs. Well, I disagree i say keep your mind open especially when it comes to the original and maybe the remake and maybe isaac's return we'll see i think there's hope here maybe i'm the eternal optimist i've never been described as a pollyanna type but it appears to be the role (laughs) i play here yeah you do somehow will yourself into wanting another mangler or sometimes they come back for some reason yeah it could get better i mean it could you're right. I could be humbled by a greatness of Children of the Corn 7, but... There's got to be something that made them make nine of them. I mean, realistically. Tax write-offs? <laughs> <laughs> and because our schedule has changed a little bit since even last week with Guardians of the Galaxy, we'll let people know when we finally get through the corn, we're going to hit some really 
good movies and I know some really interesting conversations, something people have been requesting for a long time. I got to see the trailer for Interstellar before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're going to do all the Nolan films we haven't done leading up to Interstellar. That's following Memento, Insomnia, The Prestige, and ending with Interstellar. Yeah, really excited about those, Christopher Nolan. I think he is one of the great Hollywood directors right now. And yeah, always worth talking about. And then, yes, in November, also Big Hero 6. Not necessarily excited about that one. Well, it's a long ways out. We'll see. I'm of muted anticipation myself. Based off of a Marvel comic that got printed a couple of times. And for those who want to join us on the donation feed, starting in early September, we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings. We're doing a silver level donation, which is the six Peter Jackson live action Lord of the Rings. Or instead of compounding, you could do instead of the silver level, you can do the gold level where you won't get the Lord of the Rings films. Instead, you'll get seven Leprechaun podcasts with Leprechaun all the way through the reboot Leprechaun Origins. Some people like elves. Some people like leprechauns. We we can't have them mix. But if you are crazy enough to love both, we do have platinum donation level, which means you get all of those movies plus three additional Lord of the Rings films all animated. A 1977 Hobbit that came out for television, the 78 Ralph Bakshi, and Return of the King, a 1980 animated special. And those are all free for people who decide to get both. What we're doing is silver donation is $15 or more for six bonus podcasts, which we've recorded the first one. It's going to take a couple of weeks to edit. It's a huge conversation about a giant movie. I mean, the number of hours of film we're watching, the number of hours we're discussing, a lot of content there for your $15 or more. Gold level is also $15 or more. And if you decide you want both, then $30 or more, you get all six Peter Jackson live action Lord of the Rings, all seven Leprechaun, plus the three bonus Hobbit films. And that's going through the end of the year. And while we're talking programming, I also invite you to join me over at the Venganza Media Gazette, where I'm doing a crazy thing, as if we're not reviewing enough movies, I'm reviewing (laughs) a movie a day. (laughs) Uh, No no one can say that you like slacking off in your free time, Arnie, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes, Stuart had said, Arnie, guess what? The last donation series is done. You have free time. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to do 40 movies in 40 days. Not for Lent, but because I'm turning 40. So I've been getting some great response from listeners. Check that out. There's tons of links from our Facebook page. Or go to venganzamedia.com slash gazette. And also, if you come to the forums, love to hear your thoughts on TMNT. We're also looking for people to help us out on the show, specifically editors, video editing, audio editing, any skills you have in that region, check it out on the forums and drop us an email. So Jacob Stewart, thank you for joining me. We will be back next week, back to the last leg of Stephen King's Night Show series with Children of the Corn. And until then, cowabunga! First battle, Master Splinter. They were many, but we kicked. We fought well. 
I suggest we all meditate now on the events of this evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the now playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles retrospective series. Money cannot buy the honor you have earned tonight. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Will I ever see you guys again? Well, that depends on how fast you stock your pizza. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we review another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. It's going to be quite a party. Well, what do we do now? In the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find many more reviews on series such as G.I. Joe, Transformers, Tron, Terminator, Star Trek, Spider-Man, The Avengers, and more. Okay, Turtles, let's move out. You can also find individual movie reviews such as Avatar, Fight Club, Godzilla, Pacific Rim, and more. I knew it, I'm missing all the fun. Find hundreds of movie review podcasts at nowplayingpodcast.com. Yeah, find it. I'm sorry, that came across super creepy, okay? Dang, shell. Hey! Support from listeners like you help keep now playing operating. I must warn you, we do not come cheap. Does it look like money is of any concern to me? You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Maybe I should write this down. Now Playing's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series is edited by Heath, Phil, Casper, and Arnie. Our domain is the shadow. Pray for it reluctantly. For when you do, you must strike hard and fade away without a trace. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. You certainly can turn a phrase, my lord. Now Playing is not affiliated with Mirage Studios, Playmates Toys, New Line Cinema, Imagi Animation Studios, Warner Brothers Pictures, Nickelodeon Movies, or Platinum Dunes Entertainment. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of the TMNT universe contained is the property of Nickelodeon, a subsidiary of Viacom, and no infringement is intended. What does all that mean in American? The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. Your mouth may yet bring you much trouble. Shut it. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Well, dudes, I'd say that's pretty much a wrap. Yep. Uh, Cowabunga? Hmm? Cowabunga. Yeah. Yeah. Cowabunga. I thought for sure, for real sure, <laughs> that Eric Sachs was going to. Is that his name, Eric? No, Eric Sachs is somebody else. No, it is. That's, it Will, is. that's Will Fitchner. Okay. Awesome. I'd almost prefer Lord Okinawa. Or, what was his name from Three? <laughs> Lord Okinawa. <laughs> you want me to remember someone from Three? <laughs> Oh, that was two weeks ago, Artie. Yeah. He's he's. All right, hold on. I'm on my my notes are open, so I guess I could just look. I'd almost prefer. I wasn't that far off. It's Lord Norinaga. I mean, Okinawa Norinaga. Wicked. Cowabunga, dudes. 
said with more life than rap, than Mikey in the film. <laughs> <laughs>